a lot of my battles had to do with being a, a woman photographer and i really dislike this topic so much because i'm just like you know you can't attach the woman thing to a photographer and bias yourself but i did experience so many situations where i wasn't treated like um, an equal because i was a woman and my profession's been belittled in so many different ways in so many different conversations because it's babies so a lot of those statements have happened um, you you have to filter out within your head what to absorb and what to brush off but some of it sticks with you When Amrita Samant decided to pursue a passion and take up maternity and child photography back in 2013, little did she realize she would open up a whole new industry in India, paving the way for many more such photographers. Over the years, Amrita has done over 1400 shoots spread across different countries, won multiple international awards, and scaled up to leading an all-women's team. Through her photography she has run campaigns to highlight the importance of breast milk donation for babies in intensive care unit from a portrait photographer to having grown to a family documentary photographer Amrita has also shot for many personalities including actor Samira Reddy and cricketer Ravichandran Ashwin so what is it like to be among first movers in this industry and what does she want her work legacy to be continue listening with me your host Mahati Rangarajan Hi Amrita, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you Mahati, really lovely being here. So, you know, um how have things been with you during the second wave? Uh this crisis currently that we're going through has been really awful. Uh how has it things been for you as work been put on hold again? Mm-hmm. Yes, uh definitely we've actually completely shut shop um for the month of um, april and now may and we don't know when we'll resume but i think what's important is that we all come out of it safely and yeah. that's really where our focus is and making sure everyone's safe and um there's always going to be lots of time to make a lot of money and do a lot of beautiful things so right now it's best to stay home yeah that's true and in fact uh, last year also you had to obviously pause a bit on your work right and you said you started concentrating on workshops so is that something you're focusing on at the moment as well um yes actually i mean this wasn't a result of the lockdown but uh, it's been something that's um, on my to-do list for the last 3 years and i never really got the time in between work to focus on building an online school so it gave me an opportunity last year and we have built a very strong uh, online photography school for anyone who wants to become a newborn and child photographer and we've added to it through the year and this year we're amplifying it further okay. because i think uh, we are all going to be locked down for some time and it's good to focus our energies on something that keeps our sanity so yes even the second wave has us doing a lot of online workshops and um helping students remotely uh thanks to technology to help them hit the ground running when things open up Yeah no that's really nice because I saw your website and the number of workshops that you have um you know I was imagining what is a typical day like for you uh well during the lockdown I, I shouldn't talk about the lockdown days because yeah <laughs> <laughs> it brings out the lazy side in you as well but on a normal day how do you manage so many things um well honestly i you cannot really get too much done without uh, an efficient team backing you and honestly i have like an all women's team and they're amazing women they all work remotely in different cities and countries and have their own lives their own families to take care of so i i i offer a lot of flexibility around that but when they work they really really move uh, things for me they're really the pillars of what we built so far uh one of the things um or rather to answer your question how i spend my days i'm typically in shoots all day so i have these amazing women handle everything else for me battle everything out for me in terms of you know back end accounting to editing to uh being the, the face of the brand uh while while doing business development or even working with our b2c clientele so they literally run everything for me because i'm in shoots pretty much all day every day and I, i'm kind of a workaholic so i work about 29 to 30 days a month uh and none of that would have been possible if it wasn't for the team and in fact you've mentioned earlier that you are a type a personality and then you often um <laughs> struggle a bit in pausing or you know taking time off so uh 
<laughs> not a good role model but that's who I am no but it's what you've built for yourself so it's wonderful that way and you know to go back i know you quit your job as an hr consultant which you did for 7 years and uh, you said you tried out different you know forms of art like theater dance and uh, writing and you finally decided okay photography is where you want to concentrate but you know it's one thing to do something as hobby another thing to uh, see it as a business were you ever worried that if you turn it into a business or and a career it will suck the fun out of it uh i i love that you've actually asked me that question no one's ever asked me that um i was i was definitely worried um i got into photography thanks to um surprisingly our common friend rakesh yeah. who um you know sort of gave me or taught me groups of just figuring out the business side of things when i started out so um and i started out with wedding photography assisting him on weddings and i i loved the photography bit i didn't enjoy the weddings bit so that's when babies you know sort of struck me as a brainwave one day and i'm like okay what if i focus on just children and families because no one was doing that and it would be fresh and i love kids so it started out with that i did have a lot of apprehensions around whether this would become a chore at some point but um i mean honestly thanks to god i've realized and i keep saying this in all of these interviews or, or or conversations i've had around it is that i really 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 love babies and that's what's kept me going so even though it's become a business what really gets me excited and jumping out of bed every day is the fact that i'm going to be meeting a new baby who's going to be so much fun and there's going to be the fun's a big part of our work and the business side of things i mean you just have to handle it uh but thankfully i don't foresee this ever being just a job so um yes touch wood i never have to look back and worry about that or look ahead and worry about it that's so nice to hear and you know as a mother right once your kids have grown past the baby stage you seldom get to uh, hold another baby right unless someone in very close to your family can because you know they might not be comfortable but you get to actually do that every time i've never thought of it like that but now that you mention it yes yes and also i i also get to give them back when they <laughs> get too <laughs> upset with me <laughs> so it's a win win situation <laughs> definitely you know but when you started there was no one else in the field in india though in west this industry was doing quite well in india no one was there were you excited about that or do you wish now looking back you had a community mm-hmm. uh 2014 is when I started and you're right uh, there was literally nobody else doing this I looked I looked high and low across India on all digital platforms um I didn't find anyone specializing in it like I wanted to so I did definitely miss a community because uh while I did get inspired um of the idea from the west the the challenges the western photographers face versus what you face within an indian ecosystem are very different especially because you know um indians um all of us as a whole we tend to protect our offsprings so much so that we believe in the concept of uh, you know buri nazar or um yeah. kannapattu and all of that so we're just so worried about actually going out there and getting a photograph uh, a photo shoot done for our newborns so that was one of my biggest challenges and i had no idea how to work around it i had to figure it out all on my own that along or rather coupled with lots of other challenges with working in the indian ecosystem that uh, had to navigate and figure things out on a day to day basis so i definitely did miss having a community and i i wish there was one and very soon it grew very soon uh, a year later i knew over 100 people doing this as well and it became easy to make friends have have uh, you know conversations with people who are not your family and are tired of listening to your business about photography it was really nice to have the community and now we're pretty huge as a community and very strong as well okay uh but at one point did uh you know people tell you okay this won't really you know it's not something to be taken seriously this particular category of photography did you ever feel that yeah it was people made sure you felt it okay <laughs> it was really hard uh, i heard this time and again from so many different people um be it work colleagues who saw me leaving to um to like immediate friends and family who were like you know are you are you what are you doing with your life this is not something you mess around with and i had come to a certain point in my career where um you know was sort of at my peak where a lot of good things could happen and i chose to leave at that point which was very scary and having the um very little reassurance from everyone around you wasn't exactly helpful of course i had that tribe who were backing me up and supporting me and pushing me to do it but there were a lot of naysayers who said this does not make sense don't do it it's uh it's kind of a stupid idea 
So yeah, I mean, I guess there are some people, there are certain people in your life when they say this to you, you just want to prove them wrong. Yeah. And it's always good to have such people in your life. <laughs> you you tend to push yourself further and try and make it work. And but more than that, I think I really wanted to make this work for myself because it was a combination of both uh, um, a career that could sustain me as well as uh, you know satiating the creative artist in me, which is which was really troubling me for a long time. And there was a time when it almost didn't work out after six months, you know, there were no clients lined up. You kind of thought of going back to doing HR. And, uh, but slowly it picked up. You said you built a portfolio and people started coming in again. And uh, that gave you the courage to, you know, not go back to your corporate career. Uh, But when did you, when did it really take off? When did you have the confidence to take it from a one woman show to start building a team around it? Uh, you've really done your research. I can tell you that much for sure, because I've literally mentioned that in one other place. Uh, but now I can talk about it more freely now because I, I think those apprehensions have left me. Um, so when I started, um, there was a hockey stick growth because it was such a new concept. Everybody wanted to jump in on it and everybody wanted to make similar memories for their children. So, you know, from the, that perspective, from the B2C's perspective, Great. It was all hunky-dory. Okay. But six months in, I don't know why. I still try and think about it. I just stopped receiving calls, inquiries, everything. Literally no communication conversations anywhere or on any of my platforms or my website. So I started to freak out a bit. And then I, it dawned on me that all those naysayers who said, maybe you're being silly about this. I'm like, maybe they were right. And then I you know, started to panic quite a bit. Um, the two months of downtime I had, all I did was you know, ask friends and friends of friends to come in and just help allowed me to create what I want to create and they were so kind they gave me their time and their energy and their effort to allow me to create and I just continued building a portfolio because I had no actual work for two whole months Uh, and then I think towards the end of those two months I started to reach out to all my mentors in the business um, to a lot of my uh, colleagues and I said you know maybe I might have to come back this doesn't seem like it's going anywhere what nobody tells you and this is something the guidance I, I lacked at that point is that when you sign up for something like this Nobody prepares you for the fact that you're going to have peaks and you're going to have severe lows as well. And you've got to ride through it and wait it out. Because if you really want something, you have to be perseverant and you've got to stick it through. I wish I had that voice like warning me or giving me some guidance and I didn't. So I decided to go back. I applied to a few places. I got through two amazing offers and then I declined it at the last moment because during my interview process, my business started to pick up and it started to pour. Like it was just pouring babies all over. It was amazing. I mean, I'm so grateful that it picked up. But um, that confusion, that period of confusion taught me a lot. Okay. Because I I was really about to accept an offer and I stepped back, which kind of also helped, like it, it burnt a few bridges with people I know, which uh, is not a nice space to be in, especially yeah. for someone like me who I, I love building relationships. So um, when I decided to go back to Mommy Shots, I decided that this would be it come what may, no matter how many losses we have, we will stick it through because this is really what I want to do. And from then on, a lot of confidence built in, not because there was business coming in, but because I promised myself that I will stick it through no matter what and uh, ride whatever wave comes our way. And that's when I decided to go from B2C to even to B2B now. So we work across the education sector, the healthcare sector, and the, the business side of things. So we have lots of brands working with us in the space as well. And yes, it was. Um, it's been a roller coaster ride. Not to say it was smooth sailing, but it's been a good ride. That's nice to hear. But um, are you someone who seeks, uh, who likes validation? And when you didn't get it, did it really um, dishearten you? Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Uh, I think. I think everyone out there who thinks or believes they're an artist, um, you know, wants validation at some point or at various points in their journey. So yeah. I did seek validation, especially in the beginning uh, stages. And it was crazy that I was obsessed with social media validation at that point. You know, seeing whether a picture picks up to be popular or not, whether it's generating inquiries and all of those things. But um, over time, and as you, I think as you age with experience, your uh, perception towards life in general changes and your perception towards who you are develops and it it grows it evolves and I started to realize that you know I got into this for one reason which was to create and to create beautiful things create beautiful memories Um, there was a certain point I think somewhere three or four years in three years in I guess um, I started to teach myself to stop following trends 
and stop looking for validation. Although, you know, at the back of your head, there's a tiny voice bugging you saying, wait for it, wait for it, you know, or this is not working. People don't like this. People are commenting negatively on this or people are saying things. Um, it played a lot with my head, but I had to constantly fight it. Uh, and that, that wasn't easy. It really wasn't easy because I think as humans, we always look for validation. Yeah. Um, today, I feel a little more secure. I'm not as as I want to be, but I definitely am a little more secure about the the bold changes I make in my uh, photographs or in the way I approach a certain business um, situation. And that that boldness really comes from all those years of fighting your instinct or your urge to please everyone around yeah. you and instead focus on who you are and what makes you happy. That's true. It takes quite a bit of that um, inner journey to figure out what exactly is your path, right? Absolutely. But during that time, who did you approach for constructive criticism? Who are your mentors? Um, so my sisters are definitely uh, two of my strongest mentors because I know there's no filter there. Uh, years of living with one person just removes that filter, I think. <laughs> so my sisters are definitely a point of validation. And, um, you know, just someone I bounce off ideas with. Um, they're, they're the ones who also backed me up on the idea to start photography and plunge into something completely different because they'd been down their own paths and they were just advising me from their experience. So um, they're one. Um, I do have a few close friends whom are, um, so I actually, you know, balance it out between uh, friends who are moms. Okay. So they can give me a feedback from a mom's perspective. And then I do have friends who aren't parents yet uh, and just have nothing to do with this world. <sighs> just, just to hear like a random person's um, point of view on things. And I, I think just this combination of this immediate inner circle tribe that I have has really helped me move forward. Um, and there are a few people from my corporate life who've been colleagues and mentors in many ways um, who I keep bouncing business ideas off of with to just hear a very random and a different perspective to scaling a creative business. Yes. I know sometimes those fresh eyes can really make a difference. Yeah, or they could just say something so arbitrary and so random that you would never have thought of. Yeah. And then you're like, hey, what if you think about your business from a totally different perspective? It could work and that has worked. True. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've noticed subconsciously, you know, people tend to, you know, limit themselves in the sense, oh, I can't do that, or I might not be good at that. Uh, over the years, what did you think was your limiting beliefs? And then you had to overcome it. Um, this might sound very silly, um, but I, I've been, I don't want to sound like a feminist while I say this, Mahati, because, uh, sorry, I don't mean feminist, I mean sexist. Um, I am a feminist. I'm not so much a sexist, but I have been constantly battling um, a male-dominant um, ecosystem I've entered into. I do believe there are a lot more women in photography right now, but when I started out, there weren't as many. There, there were plenty, amazing women to learn from, um, but there weren't as many. So I think a lot of my, my battles had to do with being a, a woman photographer and I really dislike this topic so much because I'm just like, you know, you can't attach the woman thing to a photographer and bias yourself. But I did experience so many situations where I wasn't treated like um, an equal because I was a woman. And that limitation starts to seep in as much as you don't want it to. Yeah. As much as I, you know, brush it off today, it starts to sit inside your head and it starts to become this huge demon who thinks or who, who tames you to believe you're not capable enough as the guy next to you. And that has been my own personal struggle. Okay. And, uh, and it, it's all been subjected, or rather I've been subjected to it only because of the experiences I've had. And it could be just me facing those experiences and no one else, but they have been had and it would be unfair to not state it. Yeah. And fighting that limitation to believe that you're just as capable as any other human on this planet has been really hard because of all those experiences. And, you know, do those photographers, to say those male photographers, do they take your line of work seriously or are they, you know, it's sometimes a condescending remark, right? Oh, it's just baby photography. Is, have you come across that? I mean, not to be taken seriously? You hit the nail on the head with that one. It has been a lot of that and also a lack of support and encouragement. Um, it's both combined and 
uh, again, I, every time someone talks to me about, you know, being a female photographer or a woman photographer, I keep telling them, drop the woman out of that conversation and focus on the photography aspect and just keep nailing it. It's so hard that you become the best at it. Yeah. Right. But here I am today. I'm highlighting this because of the experiences I've had. And yes, you're right. It has been, um, I, I, I think my profession has been belittled in so many different ways in so many different conversations because it's babies and not maybe the most trendiest thing alive today. Um, and, and a lot of people tied to having um, maternal instincts or, you know, it being simple because it's a child. Oh, you know, people will love the photographs because it's their child's photographs. Who wouldn't love their own child's photographs? So a lot of those statements have happened. Um, you, you have to filter out within your head what to absorb and what to brush off. Yeah. But some of it sticks with you. And um, yeah, it it is, I think, uh, a challenge we've been facing for centuries. Yeah, that's true. As a woman, that happens. Yeah. But uh, in so many ways, it's great that you made it easier for other women photographers to, you know, follow in your path. Um, you know, now, how do you balance being content and being ambitious? When do you push yourself? And when do you take a step back and say, let me see where it goes? <laughs> okay, if you had asked me this question last year, I'd be like, there's no such thing called content. I just have to be at the top of the game at all times. But I think the last year with the pandemic and everything that has happened has taken some, such a toll on all of our mental health. Yeah. And uh, for me, mental health was just a concept until I actually faced some trouble in that space last year. Uh, and then I, I knew it came to a point where I knew I needed to seek help. And I did, um, I did sign up for therapy, went through seven months of it because I was going through a crazy amount of anxiety and burnout. Now, I know therapy is not something a lot of people like to talk about openly or mental health is such a taboo thing, but... No, it's good you're talking about it. Yeah, but it, it was a, a very extreme case for me where I knew I needed professional help to help me see things clearly because I was losing focus as well, blurred lines. So uh, I think over the last seven months of therapy, I have learned a lot and I, I think it's uh, helped me evolve to a whole new extent where I have understood ambition and understood where to draw the line. Like I said earlier, I had issues with being a workaholic and I used to work crazy hours. I still do, but I have learned how to draw a line now. And um, I can see what's enough to make me content and not jump beyond that or beyond uh, a point that I would lose my sanity. Okay. Um, so yes, uh, I. so to answer your question, I have not been the expert in that space and I seeked help. And now I'm a lot, lot better a lot happier with any amount of progress we're making in a certain space versus being the anxious, uh, ambitious me. But what is it that worried you the most? Was it that you were scared, um, you know, your career would stall or uh, you'd become complacent? What was that worry now looking back? I think it was a combination of all, the, all of the things you mentioned. Um, and it's been this... I don't know if it's a Capricorn trait or a type A trait or what, but there's this uh, crazy obsession with being really good at what I do um, and dealing with being second in line or third in line, right? I had to, I, it was this obsession I had growing up and it got to me after a certain point and now I've learned to deal with it. I'm still dealing, but I'm in a better space where I can talk about it freely and uh, and sit back and let somebody else take over so um it was a combination of all of those things you mentioned i think fear of losing control on you know what you think you're so good at or the fact that i a lot of my confidence and security comes from uh the identity i developed which is who i am and what i do yeah and really starting to expand your horizons beyond just that it, it it's a lot of learning it's been a very interesting year for me myself yeah you know that's so true because uh, for me also, right, I used to work as a journalist and so much of my identity, I was so proud of what I was doing. And then when I decided to take a break, when I became a mom, suddenly I was like, who am I, you know? And so over the years, I've realized the importance of honoring or just being happy as who you are as a person, right? And not tie your identity to do your work, which uh, I think was nice that you put it that way. Yeah, I mean, uh, sorry, I'm just adding to that is that is the fact that um... You know, we're, we're a sum total of all our experiences, not just the work experience, right? And uh, maybe I learned it too late, but I'm just glad I learned it. And I'm not uh, as obsessed as I was earlier. It's it's so much better now. Yeah. Okay. 
so what would you say is your uh, strength or and your weakness as an entrepreneur that's such a tough question to answer <laughs> uh, i think my strength definitely lies with with this particular trait that i've been dealing with on controlling which is my ambition or my perseverance to be really good to basically becoming being a perfectionist okay right so i mean not exactly be a perfectionist with all of my work that you see but i i strive for it and i feel like that has helped us as a company grow leaps and bounds um and i also inculcate a lot of well not too much but just the right amount of that culture within the company as well to make sure you know we don't or, or rather we we strive to be 99.9% good at what we do uh my weakness has been and is still is and i'm still dealing with it is uh is to say no and draw the line with where to say no because there are so many opportunities and you don't want to lose out on them and uh where do you say no i think that's something i'm still learning on and working on and when you say no you're considered rude or you know <laughs> so that too or there's yeah there's also fear about oh what did i lose out on did i miss out on some fomo basically a lot of fomo which is a uh, a great skill to master <laughs> <laughs> true uh you know you've come so far and you won awards for your work um do you sometimes have days where you get up and this immense feeling of this imposter syndrome hits you have you had such days i've had those days a lot a lot in in the last 7 years um so many conversations so many pitches um so one a really really good friend who's a filmmaker once told me you win some you lose lots in this industry and that that stuck with me because um it wasn't it wasn't supposed to be pessimistic it's just about focusing on the wins right but there are so many pitches so many conversations so many times i feel like you know am i i'm 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 making myself sound like i'm so good but am i that good um every time i switch on a video to do a like a session with students when i'm teaching so case in point i faced the imposter syndrome so much and it's an ongoing battle um and i feel like it always somehow finds a way to creep into your mind even though you're confident and you're secure and you've done this 100 times over uh and i i think that really comes from um our our overall upbringing okay you know as as women and what we're taught that we're great to be doing and versus what we are doing i feel like that has been changing over the last couple of years and i see a lot more parents focusing today on on conscious parenting and you relate to this more than i do which is now we're all focusing on teaching our girls to be stronger to be um yeah to speak up for themselves uh to not deal with being termed bossy or deal with being boxed um and i feel that that is going to create a whole new generation of very very strong women and we're all part of that history uh we're all going to be part of that history yeah. and it's amazing but all of these these so called imposter syndrome situations we've faced are um a matter of what society starts us okay do you agree i do agree partly to it and also i think imposter syndrome uh, you know from people i've spoken to entrepreneurs and all that so i've noticed both women and men go through it and um, you know men i think they like you said you know men are a little more confident than us because i think again the way they've been brought up mm-hmm. so they know how to you know get over it or you know not let it stall them whereas women i think it maybe they hit a roadblock and then like okay am i really worth all this you know <laughs> and then they know how to work around it and you know right. get over it but yeah um i do agree to you know to the part where you say um it's how we are brought up sometimes okay as you've climbed up the ladder what is the biggest thing you've learned about yourself or unlearned um lots of things i've unlearned what is the most important uh, thing that you know strikes you um, um- going to take a minute to actually reflect on this question because it's such a strong question sure. um i think in terms of learning when you are learning to run a business and you're learning to also perform as an artist and then sort of deal with all the shenanigans involved with you know a small business and creative um entrepreneurship if i may you get to know who you are 
at a very deep level. Um, it, it's a very different perspective, and I'm, I may not be articulating this as well as I want to, but I'm just saying that I have discovered um, and understood myself in ways that I would never have in, say, a personal relationship or you know, in in a relationship with my family or my siblings. Right. This is this is a real test of you know your your perseverance, your your patience, um, your temperament. And you start to understand yourself at a deeper level. And then I think it teaches you to also sign up or uh, step out of certain situations. You start to pick your battles more wisely, right? Based on your understanding of who you are. Uh, things I've unlearned are uh, the more bratty things I've been raised with, I think. Uh, and this is very personal to me, which is, you know, um, it's so hard for me to pinpoint and say there's that one thing I unlearned. Um it's good that these questions are making you think. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. Um, yes, I think one thing I would point out, the fact that every expecting everyone to work like you do uh, or everyone to respond and communicate like you do, I unlearned it over while building a team. Um, while I'm this proactive, super enthusiastic, they call them, right? Super enthusiastic um, employee or or a person now is I expect everyone in my team to behave the same way and to be equally excited about things. And I've realized that it's, you know, it's, it's not possible to expect that. And there's a process to getting them up to that level you want them to be at. And that process involves a whole bunch of factors, uh, which I'm not going to get into, but I think that was one of the biggest things I had to unlearn the fact that everybody will behave like I do in those situations. It may seem like a small thing, but it actually was a really big, big learning. I had to undo and unlearn and relearn all over again. Actually, you know, that was a point uh, made by an entrepreneur. I don't know if you've heard of him, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yes. So it's a point he actually, a very interesting point he makes. He says, you cannot expect your employees to work as hard as you. It's not their company. It's your company. Yes. He says a lot of important things like that. Relevant things. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, I love Gary Vee. Um, absolutely love all the advice he has to share. Um, while while he spoke about having your employees work as hard as you because they don't own the company, um, I think for me it was more about just understanding that they will not even show up to work as excited as you. And then to get them excited was the big challenge that I had to unlearn and like relearn. So yes. And uh, you have a team of how many now? We're about five full-time, three interns, so totally eight. Wonderful. Okay. And um, of all the shoots that you do, you do so many verticals, right? Which brings you most joy? I mean, they're all babies. So I love all of those verticals, but I have to pick <laughs> one. It would definitely be um, newborns. Um, you know, when you walk into a room and there are a bunch of people, you know, sitting there and people, you know, personally, it's a nice feeling, right? You walk in and you're like, hey, family faces, family faces, lots of good energy. Yeah. But when you walk into a new uh, a room and there's a newborn in that room, there's a certain positive aura. I don't know if I sound like a crazy person saying this, but there is this amazing aura in that room with a child or a newborn in there. Um, <laughs> and I get to experience that every single day. It, it There's a certain calm that comes with the baby. There's a certain positivity that's radiating around the room with that baby in there. And... Um, that's something I don't take for granted because, you know, I've been in and out of these rooms. So it's, it's just beautiful. So I, I love working with newborns for that reason. Uh, it, going through a newborn shoot is literally like going through a two-hour meditation cycle for me. You just, no matter what mood you've entered in, you walk out feeling like a whole new person. Like, you know, there's a whole rejuvenation of the mind situation happening there. So yes, newborns it is for me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think something about them is just pure joy. Yes. <laughs> But, you know, I've also noticed that your maternity shoots have become bolder over the years. Has that been a conscious decision or it just happened by chance? Uh, that has been a very, very conscious decision. I've um, always been for, um, I think, the overall success of women. Um, oh, man, I can't believe I'm making this entire conversation around women. Um, <laughs> so many of my answers are actually resonating that, but this is really how I feel. I've always wanted to support women and, and you know, help them grow, be it, be it a colleague at work where I see an opportunity for them. I wouldn't refrain from telling them or sharing with them. Um, if there is someone on my team who wants to grow with a certain idea or phase, I'm trying to do everything I can to encourage and support them. 
uh, it's just something that's in it to me. Uh, also, I, I'm, you know, we, we're three sisters and my mom. So there are like more women in the house. I think it comes from there uh, because we're always supporting and helping each other. And I think this was my way to help women also break a lot of stereotypes and bust a lot of myths around, uh, you know, being coy and shy versus being coy and shy with your maternity phase. Yeah. I mean, it's the most beautiful thing. It's possibly the biggest achievement a human has, has made, right? Making a baby is no easy feat. Um, and we're, we're all really conservative around it. And I'm like, why are we this way? I mean, this is beautiful. This is a gorgeous phase. Yeah. So flaunt that baby bump. It's, it's beautiful. It's a part of who you are and what you're doing in life. And you're raising a child. That's the most selfless thing you can ever do as a woman, as a, as a, as a human. So um, that's why I, my tone of the maternity shoots you've seen from the past to now have changed because I've been slowly trying to progressively go into the space where I, I just sort of let women be who they are in front of the camera versus going with a certain trend of dressing a certain way and posing a certain way. Okay. While I may be doing that, I still have these conversations with all the moms who are inquiring and I ask them, what do you want to do? You know, what's your outlook in life about uh about having a baby, we're starting a whole new journey. And when I hear them out and when I see uh, their existing profiles and I, I see who they are, I'm like, why don't you just bring this person out here? It's, it's a very organic conversation that leads to this. And so I started doing a lot of these um, fashion maternity shoots off late because I don't want anyone to just come in and get boxed into like, a trend, but I just want to let them be who they are. Okay. And uh, we we just go go all out with those shoots and give them the whole experience of it being, you know, diva for the day. So it's like it to a Vogue cover shoot or to a Cosmopolitan cover shoot where I just wanted to have the whole experience and really enjoy uh, the phase they're going through in whatever way they like. So this is just one of those ways to express. And, you know, you never know one day it will land up on the Vogue cover. So fingers crossed. <laughs> yes. A girl can hope. Yeah. Um, do you ever, what do you do when you're feeling overwhelmed? How do you balance yourself? Um, I, I sort of live the moment. I, I live through it. But the way I deal with it is, um, I think letting some of that energy go, be it, you know, too much positive energy or too much negative energy, whatever it is, I, I deal with um, releasing those, those feelings with uh, workouts or doing something apart from photographing. These are really tough questions, Mahati. <laughs> no, but uh, frankly said, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I, I deal with it. Um, I've never I've never shut my laptop and run away from it. I've always just dealt with it head on. And weirdly enough, that has always worked better for me than, you know, shoving it away and saying, I'll deal with it later. Okay. Do you like break it down into small steps or whatever, is, whatever that is worrying you? Um. Let me give you an example. For me, dealing with my PNL statements are the worst. Like for me, that overwhelms me, right? Because maths is not my favorite subject. Uh, but I, I actually jump right into it and start breaking it down. Like you said, I would take baby steps and try and figure out the, the overall solution. But for that, I just need a clear head. And to get that clear head is when I start dealing with it by, you know, getting a workout in or, you know, just doing something completely off. So when I come back to it, my head's completely clear. Right. And I'm a little more composed to handle the situation. I'm calling it the situation <laughs> when it's mad, <laughs> but go on. Yeah. You know, talking about PNL statements, you know, um, I've spoken to a lot of women entrepreneurs, right? And one of the things they talk about is how difficult as a woman entrepreneur to raise capital or to just get funds. Was that something that you have struggled with? Have you had to raise capital at any point? Well, no, I've not had to raise capital because we've been a bootstrap company from the beginning. However, now we've actually moved into a new uh, space altogether. We've become a media house, a creative agency, and we're creating content for brands, um, video content for brands. And these are really high production costs. So there are lots of pitches where we have to raise um, or rather, you know, give them good enough reason to buy into it. So um, okay. that's. I wouldn't equate it to raising capital or funds, but it is uh, a considerable amount for asking brands to uh, to pay for to create digital assets. So um, I have been in those situations, and um, I, I wouldn't say you know it's a woman entrepreneur thing, but I just think it's um, this is where your imposter syndrome kicks in and your self doubt creeps in, and you start to get nervous around you know are you asking for too much or is this the right amount? Are you equivalent to the worth you're asking for? 
those questions definitely do creep in and i think this would happen even to a, a male entrepreneur for all i know yeah uh but just making sure you reassure yourself and you know push the insecurities out and believe in your strengths and your worth and value you're going to provide that's a hard conversation to have inside your head when you're actually making these pitches okay and in terms of the industry what is the biggest change that you uh, foresee is going to happen that you need to adapt as you grow um you know f- for instance i'll give you um an example um you know i think a, a while back right i think a year or two years back you started showing tutorials for mothers on how to click pictures on the phone which i thought was interesting right because um, the phone camera is so good and with a portrait mode you get such lovely pictures and the fact that you actually did a tutorial about that was very interesting um you know when i was doing the research on you as well i couldn't help and think about you know what happened to ann gedis right mm-hmm. we all know her she was so famous back in the 90s she had these coffee table books and she had these uh, you know cards and hallmark type of cards and uh, because of those revenues ran out you know with the instagram and social media opening up and uh, she recently did an interview you know now she needs patrons to help her go through you know if she needs a project to be done she needs patrons to fund it so the reporter actually asked her do you find that icky to ask you know from where you were you were once interviewed by opera she says no i'm actually kind of relieved i am not you know everyone thinks uh i was this icon and all that you know and every baby photography was something that i did but i didn't and it's nice to actually have a refreshing change um so she was talking about adapting to the industry i know i've gone little uh, you know tangent to the conversation but uh what do you think needs to be adapted you know as you evolve uh do you think uh, you know studio portraits will still be relevant few years from now do you think people will want more lighthearted stuff you know what do you what do you foresee in the industry okay uh, all right so i think uh it's uh, an amazing question um and also it's interesting that you brought up ann gaddis because she is universally the only newborn photographer we know who started this entire trend of photographing newborns in different ways um yeah a great inspiration for many you should read our article you will might enjoy it Uh, I've, I've read plenty, but I haven't seen this latest interview, which I'm going to look up. However, what I like you rightly pointed out, Marty, um, is the fact that technology has advanced so much that it has become so easy for the average Joe to pick up to pick up a phone camera and take an amazing picture, right? So, uh, does that threaten photographers today? And what's going to happen, say, five years from now, when we have phones that do everything? Maybe even your DSLR camera. will be so intuitive that you just pick it up and press a button and it does a job yeah. for you and then hey do we need a photographer no we don't right that's usually a lot of uh, a very common question i hear a lot or people talking about a lot today what's important or what we can do right now while we're in the space of photography as someone who has control over a device that we understand to and have learned to use so well um one i feel like you know you want photographers or child photographers will continue to be in demand because at one point or the other um the parents will have to be in the picture as well that's when you really feel the need to have someone else behind the lens right um maybe one day that need will go to when you have when you have a camera that's so easy to use that you can just put it on a tripod and somebody just hits the button for you but however with our work comes a lot of creative vision the way we look at a certain situation where you know how to get them pose how to get them comfortable how to elicit moments which is what is really the trend today which is um how do you uh, uh what do you say it, it's called lifestyle photography or you put it under the umbrella of lifestyle photography where it's really natural moments among the family members that are captured so beautifully uh, by photographers around the world so i feel like the need for a photographer will always be there yeah. and uh, no matter how far technology advances but what we can do and what we should be prepared for is all this beautiful technology coming our way and coming our consumers way we can just focus on one thing which is to be so good at our jobs that you will always have work that's within our realm of control and we should really focus all our energies on that uh beyond which when the world develops cameras that are way easier uh for everyone to use yes there could be a reduction of work i think it's important as a photographer today to actually think about other avenues of income or set up other businesses even because we don't know what the situation is going to look like 7 to 10 years from now right and i think that's a thought to play with um or toy with right now because things are changing every single day with technology coming in you can choose to look at it as a threat or you can choose to look at it as an opportunity and use it 
to your advantage by focusing on the one thing we have control on right now which is to be the absolute best at what you do true and i'm of the belief that no matter how much technology progresses we still need that human touch that is true that is that is so true i think um you've really nailed it with that one the fact i i really don't see us you know ever becoming a robot any day because there is so much we do with the camera that can never be done by a robot or even with an autopilot mode going on i agree yeah and you know another important question i wanted to ask you was during this pandemic you obviously met so many mothers you know would be mothers uh and you know new mothers who've just given birth um so you know a friend of mine recently gave birth a couple of months back mm-hmm. and she had a harrowing time during you know how it is delivering during this covid times right and in fact i think she almost tested positive and you know and she was so worried for a child will a child be positive and everything uh in that sense has have you had any request from any of the mothers to document what it is they've gone through during this covid phase how was it to be pregnant during a time like this how was it to deliver at a time like this has anyone approached you with such a request or is that something that you think you might consider um no i really wish i had a better answer for you there but we actually haven't got any of these requests but we have had parents share these experiences with us in so many different ways um i think the one i mean i'm just bringing this down tactically to one request that i got which was during a shoot saying that you know with everything that we had and the fact that we were so scared to actually have a baby delivered in the peak of covid last april or may we want one picture of us holding the baby and wearing a mask i just you know even though it's not the best time to remember we still want to have this is you know having had a baby when the whole world came to a halt yeah so that's literally the only request i've had but you know in terms of um other requests or other ways to capture this, i think everyone's trying to move away from it so fast that yeah it's not been a very popular request and these are things they want to internalize and hopefully put behind them i agree yeah but um i i really hope something like this gets documented because i feel the pandemic has been very unfair to women uh you know with mothers had suddenly become overburdened not just with work with household and online classes and uh, just seeing i know a few mothers who delivered and the the anxiety they had and everything i don't know maybe 10 years 20 years from now when we talk about the pandemic i think a good narration of it should come from what women went through right uh i'm going to just add to this question because i was thinking from the photography angle purely uh people still want to document the good moments you know uh, and put this behind them like i said but one thing that we have done um like i was mentioning earlier we've sort of become a creative agency now where we're creating video content for a lot of brands the one series that i i started uh from as a mommy shots production was something called bringing up my kids yeah. we've uh, launched the pilot episode which is on my uh, page on my youtube channel as well where we're it's a q and a format with um moms asking her about the parenting styles and you know how they keep their kids engaged how they make parenting look so effortless online so what is the reality within and i want them to share their their joys and struggles so everybody relates to it because as we know there are so many pockets of mom communities across areas even and there isn't one universal platform that talks about it at a higher level which is what i was trying to do with bringing up my kids and uh the forthcoming episodes actually capture a lot of this you know how have you dealt with your uh how have you kept your kids engaged or busy during the lockdown how have you dealt with the you know just all that face time yeah. you know there's suddenly so much face time because the kids don't go to school and you've got to be in their face but you've got to be entertaining them at all times so that you know they're also learning but they're also having fun they're also uh enjoying the whole online school experience in whatever forms be it they're sleeping in front of the cameras or whatever <laughs> but everyone's trying really hard and you're right i think it has been a really difficult time on parents in general and uh we're trying to capture a lot of that essence that other moms can resonate with and also bust a lot of stereotypes in terms of sharing the load between parents yeah all of this is content we're focusing on on the future episodes and we're hoping that is some sort of a uh a way to help everyone out there or just sort of relate to everyone out there with their own experiences no definitely it's great you're doing that you're bringing this up right in fact i saw the first episode with disha madan so it was really nice thank you and i also wanted to ask you um 
do you see requests now from single parents or uh, are parents with children with who have disabilities uh, have they come up and you know asked to be photographed is there because um, you don't see much of that aspect of the parenting so has that ever been have you been approached for that yes yes uh, we actually have done a whole bunch of shoots on um, parents who uh, even adopted kids with disabilities who um, have uh, uh, kids who are special kids and we've actually let the parents decide if they you know ever want us to upload these images online or not we leave it to their comfort levels in these in these situations yeah. and we never really have put up too much i think maybe just one or two but we do get requests and i i love the fact that you know it's it's um there's there are no boundaries around this around this space and i get to meet uh, moms and oh, sorry parents from across the world across different countries different cities different stories they come with it's it's beautiful what we get to meet on an everyday basis so yes we've met with a lot of single moms as well in fact what we're doing right now are, are two very interesting series which kind of went on pause because of the lockdown um one is a series on um moms who are also acid attack victim survivors oh okay and we're trying to bring out their stories they're supported by an ngo um based in bangalore that is you know helping them with rehab as well as with um you know uh, cosmetic improvements if they want then they're helping raise funds with this now uh, what we're doing is we're trying to uh portray or create a series of portraits of these moms with their kids just the way we would with anyone else we want to sort of have them have their breakthrough in society where you know right now they do feel like they're not treated as equals and we want to break that and help them yeah. be accepted normalize who they are and not singled out because of their experiences so that's you know a series we're working on and another one is series with single parents as well where we're talking about um the strength you require it's a, it's a lot of mental strength to actually play your roles yeah. and raise a child and we want to talk about that a little more so we give in a way we sort of emanate and give more strength to other single moms out there who are reading it and um they don't hesitate to step up in situations that are family oriented where you know they all expect uh that they all feel like they're incomplete because they don't have a spouse and it's 2021 we shouldn't be feeling like that anymore yeah Uh, amazing you're doing these projects i can't wait to see them i also really like the campaign that you run for donating your breast milk because there's so much of taboo involved around it right so um that's so that's great you're doing all this uh, different types of campaigns it's really wonderful thanks mathi actually you know what if if i didn't have um if i didn't have a pnl to look at at the end of the day this is all i would be doing i i like i said earlier i really 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 love kids and i just want to make the place better for them make the world a better place for them and as cliche as it sounds it really has been my intent to get into the space to do something for kids so whatever energy and time i have left over i try to focus it on these projects and right now we've actually built um, and thank god i mean this is out of a lot of hard work we've managed to uh, you know sort of um be profitable enough to actually dedicate an entire team to something called the mommy shots foundation we've started okay started this march and has gone on hold already but we're looking to do some great things under the foundation because uh, all our um, our passion projects that we've been doing so far will all get grouped under this and will also help raise funds and you know make a, a, a more considerable impact and this is really why i'm in this space <laughs> apart from loving photography <laughs> yeah that's amazing no i would be thrilled to see more such uh, you know campaigns from your side i think it will definitely add to your legacy so it will be wonderful to see that yeah <laughs> thank you legacy is a strong word <laughs> <laughs> going forward so thank you <laughs> uh i know I've, i've asked you some tough questions so i'm just going to go a little light um so what is it something about you that you think would surprise others um something as random as i love taking a shower that's like my way to like you know bounce back to life for some people it's coffee for me it's shower so i'll take three showers a day four showers <laughs> a day uh most people don't know this except for my family but yeah uh just as random as it can get <laughs> <laughs> nice okay uh how else do you express your creativity other than photography Uh, I used to do a lot of things earlier everything sort of been cut short now with work uh, taking up all of my time but I used to dance professionally earlier and I love dancing so I I try to get that in a little bit with my my Instagram reels or whatever avenues I can do that or just get 30 second dance parties when I actually hit something or hit a goal or something but I I honestly don't have the time to do anything else I love 
like I said, I love dancing. I love even acting, but I don't get to do any of it anymore. So instead, I just sit back and consume a lot of uh, content via Netflix and OTT platforms online. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, who's a current content creator that uh, whose work that you really like? Uh, wow, there are so many. It's unbelievable what TikTok and Instagram Reels have brought to life, right? Everyone's a content creator. Yeah, I know. Okay, I, I really love Alison and her husband. Um, God, I don't know his real name. I just know his handle. But Alison is a dancer in um, California, and uh, I love the I love the videos of her and her husband coming up with these choreographies. They're just amazing. Okay. Uh, but otherwise, content creator wise, there's some really funny ones. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, South Indian ones like Kusha Kapila and uh, Dolly. Dolly, yes, yes, a whole bunch of them, right? I'm thinking favorite one. Um, yeah, I think it would have to. I like Masum Minawala. I love the way she spins all her content in a very engaging manner. Though it's all about fashion, okay. She found she finds a way to keep you hooked through her videos. So I really love her videos for that. Yeah. And in terms of uh, photography, anyone in particular out there? Ah, yes, Vanessa uh, Vanessa Joy uh, in New York. I love how she spins different photography scenarios or photographer-based scenarios into her reels. They're really funny. And she's an amazing photographer herself. She's a wedding photographer based out of New York. Okay, I'll check that out. I've come across uh, one called Kyle, Kyle Nutt, I think. He's really good. So he does all his work on an iPhone. And it's amazing the results that he shows. Okay. Oh, I have to look this up for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think Kyle Nutt. So I hope I got his name right. Anyways, um, so what would you go back to school for? Or if I can rephrase that, what do you wish they taught you? Okay, those are two very different questions. <laughs> one, I'll answer both because the first one is exciting. I would go back to school just for all the extracurricular activities I was a part of. I used to go to school just to be there for post-school hours activities. If you gave me a choice, I would show up to school at 3 p.m. just when our you know, uh, theater uh, rehearsal started or our dance rehearsal started. That's all I lived for through school and college. Um, showing up in class was the, the mandate, so I had to be there. <laughs> but um, what I wish they taught us in school, one, financial independence. How did they forget that? Uh, and two, mental health awareness. How did they forget that too? I just don't know how um, you can send adults out into the world without being uh, preparing them for the big meltdowns that we inevitably have at some point in our life. So yeah, those two things. Yeah, those are two important things which we struggle with as an adult. Um, what is a one mistake that you did in hindsight that's worked out in your favor? I'll assume you're just going to edit all these pauses out because that's a tough <laughs> question. Um, that worked out in my favor. Okay. Okay. Um, Take your time. Um, okay. I think, I, I mean, I'm going to go back to the, the example of when I almost took up a full-time job. Uh, I met with my media some eight or nine rounds of interviews and I got to meet some really amazing people I look up to in the corporate world as well. Uh, which honestly was a mistake because I did not sign up to join um, and work with them full time. And I went back to my own business. But all of those contacts are good friends today. They're, uh, they're mentors. They're, they're still surprising. They're such nice humans. They still support all my endeavors on LinkedIn. I see them sort of, you know, share words of encouragement, share my content. And I think that's it worked out in my favor, surprisingly, although I would have been really pissed if I was in their place. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the one mistake. Okay, my final question. I know you love babies and you love photography, but why do you do what you do? Okay, I'm sad that it's the last question because I was really loving the whole thing and I was just getting into the groove of things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you loved the session. <laughs> why I do what I do. Um I think this definitely would go back to my mother. She's a culinary expert and a, a creative. She has, I think, taught students across the city, across cities. She's taught them art. She's taught them cooking. She's taught them a whole bunch of things. So I think that that um, little, you know, bug inside my head that wants me to constantly create comes from her genetically. And okay. um, and that's really why I do what I do. I just, I love creating. If it means writing a book, if it means, not that I've written a book, <laughs> if it means... <laughs> you know, painting, if it means just, just expressing yourself in some form or the other. Um, it's always been um, her that has helped me get around to doing something. Uh, so dance, 
theater, everything, all expressions, all mediums of expressions and photography is the same thing. It's a medium of expression, but it is also a medium of expression that has sustained me as a career because the others were not, did not have strong foundations back in the day when I looked at, at them as options. Okay. Um, so yes, I think why I do what I do is because of my mom. She's really been um, someone who's defined me to be who I am today and who's helped me believe that there's beauty or there's, um, yes, there's beauty in creation. And I hope that passes off, yeah. Wonderful. That's a great way to end it also, a tribute to your mom. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mahati. This was so much fun. And this was like a really interesting bunch of questions uh, that really made me think. I'm glad. And I'm, I had such a lovely uh, time talking to you. It was really wonderful getting to know you. So thanks so much. Likewise. Thanks, Dan. Thank you so much for listening. You can check out Amrita's work at a website, mommyshotsbyamrita.com. And don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And get in touch with me at Maharani Talks on Instagram. Take care.